to see you. And if you are here for the very first time, or maybe you're here for the second time, I want to give you a special welcome as well. It is a privilege to have you with us this morning. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the morning. It's going to be fantastic. Hey, well, last week we started a series, a series called Legacy. Now, legacies are great things. And in this series, what we're doing is we're exploring the faith and the lives of those who have gone before us in the Word of God. But legacies are interesting because, you know, you can kind of inherit all sorts of interesting things, can't you, from past generations. We often think of inheriting money, but there's actually other things that we can inherit as well. Now, there's a man in our house. Um, I won't share his name, but there's a man in our house, and he has this unique... For those of you that don't know, I, well, there's four women in our house and man. But anyway, there's a man in our house, and he has this very unique communication style with our dog. Now, it started from the day that our dog was picked up 12 years ago. Now, we've got a little Bijan, he's called Spot. And uh, this form of communication could almost be taken as another form of language, like completely, almost like tongues. You don't quite understand it all the time. But um, this language, this communication style happens when they greet each other at the end of a day or when the dog wakes up in the morning. And uh, it's high-pitched, it's very animated, and it's very, very unique. Now, now, I have never heard of anyone else communicate this way before in my whole entire life except for one other person, Daryl's dad. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Now, last weekend, we had uh, Daryl's two brothers fly up from the South Island and join uh, Daryl and myself and Nairi as we remembered John, because it's been a year since he graduated. But I don't know how it came up, but this language actually came up. And do you know that it wasn't even John that started it? It goes way back. John's mum, Daryl's grandmother, had the same language with her animals. That's correct, Nairi, isn't it? Legacies, they're funny things, aren't they? They can be passed down through generations and even into current generations. Some of my girls, whoops. Generations, legacies, they're all sorts of things we can inherit. Look, I'm going to pray this morning before we get into the Word of God. Won't you join me? Father God, Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you are here this morning, and I thank you that you have something fresh for every single one of us. Lord God, we love you, and we know that you want to have moments with us where you speak to our heart and our mind, and we invite you into that space this morning. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Well, in this three-week series, we're looking at some great men and women of faith in the Bible, and who actually honestly were just ordinary people like you and I. They were ordinary people, but they trusted God and they ended up doing extraordinary things. And in Hebrews 12, 1, it tells us about this group of people that have gone before us. And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, for us. 
You see, the truth is you and I have a life race to run, don't we? And we all know that we run a whole lot better when we are encouraged from the sidelines. And this scripture tells us that we have exactly that. We have a great cloud of witnesses up there cheering us on, saying, come on, Denise, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> but we can't hear them, can we? We can't hear them all in those big grandstands because there's so much noise, there's crowd noise. We can't hear them. But what would it be like this morning? I want to take you on a journey. What would it be like if we had the privilege of one of those great men and women of faith coming down out of that grandstand and doing a lap with us? Coming down and walking with us for a lap where they can reduce their story, their incredible journey, and they can give us some gold nuggets. They can give us some encouragement for our life's journey. That's what we're gonna do this morning. And we're gonna do that with Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary, what an incredible woman. You know, I think Mary was potentially one of the most misunderstood women in scripture. Tradition sadly has turned her into something that the Bible never described her as. In fact, some cultures and religions have actually made her into a god and they pray to her. But the Bible never tells us that that's what she was. She was actually very ordinary, just like you and me. In fact, some say that Mary was as young as 14 when she had her first moment with God, when her, she had her first encounter with God. It was a Christmas story. Some of you know it. The Christmas story when the angel Gabriel came and delivered a message on behalf of God to Mary. And this is what he said. He said, Mary, you're gonna get pregnant without ever being with a man. And your baby is gonna be God. Whoa. That's a big, that's a lot of information. This morning, guys, I, if we do a life lap with Mary, I, I reckon that she would say this to us, straight up, as an overarching, encouraging word for you and your life journey. I reckon she'd lean in. If you were walking around that lap, I reckon she'd stop and she would say, come on, just stop, look at me for a minute. You need to hear this. You need to hear this. And I reckon she'd say, when God asks you to do something that's out of your control or out of your comfort zone, don't miss that moment for anything. Don't miss that moment for anything. Because the truth is God is always wanting to meet with us. He is always wanting to talk to us. You know, I'm convinced that one hour and 10 minutes here and Elon Christian Center will do you good every Sunday. But one second with God, one moment with God will do you even better, right? Because in a moment with God, your life can be radically changed. Radically changed. And I think Mary would tell you that yes, she had a moment with God and yeah, it was kind of strange. 
But she'd say, you don't want to miss it, honestly, for anything. This morning, as we peer into Mary's story, I believe that she would have some key statements on God moments that we can glean from today. And the first thing she'd tell us is that God moments often seem impossible on the surface. Don't we know that? They often seem impossible. You know, our conversations with God can sometimes go like this. You see, he comes alongside us and he says, you know, I, I really, I've got a challenge for you. Or I've got something I'd like you to remove from your life. Or I've got something I want you to add to your life or a directive for your life. And, 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 and our first thought is, I don't think so. God, that's not going to happen. And we stiff arm God. We stiff arm God. You're asking way too much, God. That ain't going to happen. Can I tell you this morning that when you do that, you're not getting God's best for your life. You're not getting God's best for your life. Come on, let's go to Mary's story and see how she reacted to that, that moment with God when God was asking her, telling her what was going to happen. That was pretty phenomenal. Let's read it. It's in Luke 1. It says, The angel came along and said, You're going to conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus, because he is going to be the savior of the world's sins. And by the way, Mary, he's going to be God. And of course she said what a lot of us would say, I don't get it. I don't think so. Like, how is this even possible? How is this even possible? I've never been with anyone. And a lot of times we face situations like that, don't we, where our brains take over. Our brains take over. In fact, more of us depend on facts, quote unquote, than our faith. And it keeps miracles from happening in our lives. Because when you let your brain get involved, can I tell you this? When you let your brain get involved in a God moment, you reduce God to the size of your brain. You do. Well, I have to understand it, God, before I'm going to do it. I have to know all the facts. Well, you just made the God the size of you and your understanding and in my case, that would be kind of very small. Trust me, you really don't want to do that to God. In fact, if God is God and you are you, then the reality is he's going to tell you things that you don't understand. That just goes with God. You see, miracles happen when our willingness, our willingness to trust God intersects with God's plan. That's when miracles happen. And your job is not to get in here, but to trust God's plan for your life. I believe Mary would also tell us this morning, when God moments come, just say yes. Just say yes. Luke 1, uh, 38 said, Mary said, but I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. She's saying, okay, God, your will. And then the angel left her. What she was saying, well, God's got a plan, and I'm going to trust that plan. Pretty powerful for a teenager, eh? Mary would also tell us, your God moment will open the door for God's best in your life. 
You see, as soon as the angel had spoken to Mary, she got out of Nazareth because she knew the scorn was on its way. She knew the ridicule was on its way and she headed to her cousin Elizabeth's house where she stayed for three months while she was pregnant. And in a loud voice as she was arriving, Elizabeth shouts out to her, Blessed are you, young lady. Blessed is the child inside of you. And then she says it a third time. She said, Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises in her. Can I say we all need to have Elizabeth in our life? Somebody that's saying, Hun, I know you're nervous. I know you're scared. I know that the community has labeled you and naming you. But believe me, there's blessing on the other side of this. God has a blessing waiting for you on the other side of your obedience. We doing okay with this lap with Mary this morning? We all good? Now we've turned the corner and we're coming down the home straight. Mary says, you know, I've got four powerful actions, call to actions, that if you can instill these in your life, they'll change it forever. They'll change it forever. She says, you have to, Denise. You have to, Peter. You have to, Sandy. You have to, Lois. You've got to cultivate God moments in your life. How? How do I do that? First one is by staying close to God. Like really, really close. Really, really close to God. Can I tell you the simplest way that you can stay close to God is through worship. Worshiping and honoring Him. You need to turn off that news. You need to turn off that TV. You need to turn off that secular music and you need to worship him. You need to worship him because he's right there in worship. He's trying to get close to us. He's trying to have a conversation with us. In John 15, 5 in the message version, it says, when you are joined with me and I with you, the relation is intimate and organic. The harvest is sure to be abundant, but separated, you can't produce a thing. It only works if you're connected with Him. Stay connected to God. And here's the second call to action that Mary would tell us. She'd stay, always stay connected to your purpose. Always stay connected to your purpose. I think there were days when Mary still hated being Mary. And I think there were days that even after Jesus was born that people would still say she's that woman, the one with the illegitimate child. How did she make it? Purpose. Purpose. You see, the thing is, you have a gift inside of you, a God purpose. And I can 100% confidently tell you that you won't be satisfied until you're using that given gift from your creator because it's part of your purpose. In Maslow's hierarchy of human needs, the very top of the pyramid is called self-actualization. Actually, that is a really big word. 
actualization. There we go. And there's a few tiers. There's five tiers. And the other tiers of human needs include food and shelter, safety, protection, self-esteem. But, you know, right on the top is the human need for your talent and your gift and your potential to feel complete. Isn't that interesting? Human needs. It's there. It's present in every single one of us to use the calling and the gifting that we have in our life. Second Timothy 1.6 tells us, fan into flame. Fan into flame the spiritual gift God has given you. Wouldn't you love to lay your head down at night knowing that you've impacted someone's life for the good, for eternity with the unique gift that God has placed in your life? There's a gift inside every single one of you that needs to be blown on and given its full potential. Here's a third thought this morning, and it's we need to stay connected to the people who encourage us, who encourage us. I think it was genius that Mary got out of town because of the, as quick as she could, because of the impending onslaught, the ridicule that was coming, and she went to somebody who wasn't going to call her names, She went to somebody who was going to encourage her, and she stayed with Elizabeth for three months during her pregnancy. We all need Elizabeths, don't we, to say you're going to make it. My answer to that is, you need to join a small group. You need a small group, a group of people that are praying for you, that know your name, that are cheering you on. You know, big is good. Big is great, and I love, you know, we want, you know, as a church, we're big, and that's awesome, but we can achieve so much more when we're big, but we, as a church, as we get big, we also have to get small. We have to stay small with our group of cheerleaders. It's essential. If you're not in a group, you need to be in a, get in a group. So now we're at the end of Mary's story. And the last place that we ever see Mary the other place that she's mentioned, unfortunately, is at the foot of a cross. So her son has been executed. I, I can't imagine that. I love my kids too much, so much. And every parent knows that you would totally take their pain, wouldn't you? And to watch that. Execution. The Bible says that he was marred beyond recognition. Some say the bruises on his face were so massive, but Mary knew it was him. But nobody else knew. And I wonder if she stood there that day, saying, seriously, did I raise him for this? Is this what you had in mind? In John 19, we read, Mary was there with her small group. The aunt of Jesus, another Mary, and the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene, her small group. And they stood at the foot of the cross watching her son get executed. The disciple disciple John said that Jesus made seven statements on the cross, and one of them was this to his mum. Woman, I know 
that you wanted to be my mum. But we can't do that anymore. So the relationship actually has to end now because I've got something else I have to do. So John is going to be your new son. And John, do me a favour. Look after mum. <laughs> this didn't happen when I practised. <laughs> I'm wearing my mum hat right now. Because I can't be her son, John. I can't take care of her anymore because I've something I have to do. Though I'm innocent, I have to take on the sins of the entire world. I need to pay for these. And then I need to go to heaven and I'm going to sit next to the Father. Then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to empower the church to change the entire world. And this, this is my mission. Let me ask you a question. How did Mary survive that? I can't even read it. <laughs> but how did Mary survive that? Here's how. I want you to write it down if you can. She stayed connected to the bigger picture. She stayed connected to the bigger picture. You see, Mary understood he came to actually die. Listen to me. If you ever thought that earth is what this life is all about, it's not. It's not. We too are going to die one day. But we need to stay connected to the bigger picture, and that is that God has placed you and me here just to, not just to live, but we're here to make a difference. We are here to make a difference. Every one of us is born to make a difference. Maybe your gift is making people feel welcome and at home. Or maybe you're a fierce protector and you love to create safe and secure environments for people to relax in. Maybe your passion lies in impacting the next generation, families or those affected by additional needs. Maybe when you go to bed at night, you have a dance routine or you have a song that goes around and around in your head. You love to impact people through creativity. Or perhaps your heart beats strongest when you're helping people find their freedom from their past and their true identity in Christ. You are born to make a difference and you are born to make a difference here in this place. Right now, maybe you're thinking, I have something that I want to offer. And I want to action that. Each one of you would have discovered this morning a sticker on your seat. Can I ask you to pick that sticker up? Hold it in your hand. I believe we're all uniquely wired by our Creator to make a difference. And after the service, just outside those doors is a huge dream team board. And I want to encourage you this morning to take that sticker and place it on that board in an area that you want to make a difference. There is a gift inside of you to make a difference. I want to encourage you to fill out that sticker right now. And while you do, maybe you're here this morning and you, don't, you would say, actually, I don't know who my creator is. You'd say, I, well, I did act one point maybe and I walked away or, or he's completely new to you. 
I want to tell you this morning that you are not a mistake. You were not an accident. God so loved the world that He sent His only Son to die on the cross for you. Because our sin, it separates us, separates from us from Him. And, and he, couldn't, he couldn't cope with the thought of being separated from you. He sent His Son to restore that relationship so that we can enter into His love and His goodness for us. This morning, if you're here and you say, Denise, I want to start a relationship with my Creator. I, want to, I, I don't want to stiff arm Him. I want to say, God, come on. Can we start this beautiful relationship that I'm hearing about? If that's you this morning, I'm going to pray a prayer and I want to invite you to pray this along with me in your heart. So come on, why? Let's close our eyes this morning. Let's take a moment Mary says, don't miss a moment. Don't miss a moment. Pray this, Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for what I, for what I did. Today I receive what you did for me and ask you to forgive me. My response to you this morning is you gave your life for me, so today I'm gonna give my life back to you. I ask that you be the Lord of my life and take over. Today and forever, I choose to live for you, Lord. I thank you that my sins are forgiven. Thank you for making a home in heaven for me and empowering me with the precious Holy Spirit. Lord, I love you and I make you Lord over my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And while every eye is still closed, if you made that decision this morning, I'm gonna get you to do one thing and on the count of three, I just want you to pop your hand up so that I can see that. And then you can pop it back down. One, two, three. 